1: Hey, hey, welcome aboard another great episode of the Sing Second Sports Podcast. We again are here with your daily podcast fix during Army Week. What is it? It's Tuesday. What's happening today? Well, we're going to bring you some audio from Niamat and Coach Newberry as they prepare for Saturday's big matchup. We're also going to hear from Mike Hekimovich and Bill McKinney, two members of the class of 1971. Mike Hekimovich, the brigade commander of that class, and Bill McKinney, the tough-as-nails linebacker who led that team his senior year to an 11-7 victory over a very tough Army squad. And then we're going to hear from uh, Justin Free from the class of 06 as he tells us a little bit about the Fallen Shipmate initiative that his class has um, taken up. So let's get right to it. Um, We are... Advancing through Army Week, um, there have been a couple of you know jousts back and forth still about the uniforms, but I think the uh, prevailing thought is that the uh, is that the Navy uniforms have won. But Chris, I'm going to ask you to just comment really quick on something that I read today in Task and Purpose about whether the Army Navy game is something that we should even care about anymore. Um, I'll, I'll send it over to you to kind of provide a quick synopsis, but, you know, for me, it it was a shot across the bow that, that was not only uninformed in my opinion. And again, I didn't go to either institution. I tried to, um, but you know, my, my, my thoughts are based purely on the merit of having seen what the service academies produce and why the game is so special, but walk me through your thoughts on this if you can. Well, I mean, I thought it was a shitty article,
0: to be quite honest. I mean, um, we'll start there from you know, from a journalistic standpoint. And you know, we've got a, a, a pretty highbrow journalist uh, on our podcast, so he, he can talk about it as well. But I mean, I you know, it's a cheap shot, it's clickbait, and it's being contrarian for the sake of being contrarian. That said, I think it's an important game for the for the country. I, I, you know, do I, do I think every enlisted person in the army and the Navy and the Marines, do they care? Probably not. That's fine. I I don't, I don't think they need to care. I I think it is an important game for the, for the country to see, um, because I, I think from, you know, from somebody that went to the Naval Academy from somebody that has served with members of all of the armed forces. um, And I think our audience would agree with this. I mean, this is our opportunity to highlight the young uh, men and women, the young men on the field, but the young men and women that march on on both sides. It's our opportunity to highlight those people that have raised their right hand and want to serve. And so will Army and Navy ever play in the national championship or in a major bowl game? I mean, you know, maybe, but this is America's bowl game. uh, And it's a, it's a great way to celebrate that talent. So anybody that pans the Army Navy game, go yourself as far as I'm concerned and I mean if you don't like the army navy game great watch something else uh during that that time but I I don't know that you really have the right to pan it any more than you would have the right to pan anybody any other you know young college athlete that's out there trying to do their best well
2: you're gonna have some thoughts here go ahead uh that was a nonsensical article uh yeah I'm sure there's a few people in the military who could care less about the army navy game I don't think they're the majority by any stretch of the imagination. And all anyone has to do is look at the television ratings, period, end of story. It's one of the highest rated college football telecasts of the entire season, year in, year out. People care, big time. I'm writing articles, and these articles are getting unbelievable amount of page views. because, And it's people that don't regularly Read my Navy art content. They're reading this week because they know the Army Navy game's coming up and they're getting pre- prepped for it and hyped up. So that article was nonsensical. Um, well, yeah, I I I totally agree with you guys. In the
1: end, you know, unless you have walked a little bit um in the shoes of the people who experienced this game, I, I'm not gonna consider your viewpoint of the game informed. Um, you know, the same way that if I haven't ever been a journalist. Um, you know, am I allowed to, to opine that, you know, your job as a journalist is not important and that America doesn't care? Um, it, it, for me, I, I just find it a bit odd um, that the game represents so many good things. And we've heard from the likes of Jen Baker, the athletic director at Johns Hopkins. We've heard from Suzelle Thomas. We've heard from coaches. We've heard from current players who all know and all echo the sentiment. That this game means a lot, um, and and it's not just for the physical mission. It's not just for um, raising revenue for this school. Um, you know, the the important thing is 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 how these people come together to do, um, you know, great things on the athletic field. And in the end, um, you know, their goal is to be brothers and sisters in arms. So you know, I I, I think that. I'm glad the article came out and I'm glad that people have a dissenting viewpoint and an opportunity to, to voice that dissenting viewpoint. But I'm here to tell you that this game is important and what the young men do there on the field uh, on Saturday is important to me too. So, you know, screw you. Um, you Yeah, this, this game, uh, this game means more than just a clickbaity article. Uh, Wags, I'll let you take us out here. You know, what have you seen or heard from the team in the first couple of days uh, of Army Week? Have there been any new injury reports? Um, anything to report that uh, we should know about that might impact our performance on Saturday?
2: Well, I don't think there's going to be anything dramatic in terms of injuries. Those that are out are out. Uh, you're not going to see Will Harbour suddenly playing inside linebacker at this point. I think turns out he was done for the season a lot earlier than we ever knew. Kevin Brandon's not coming back. The uh, only possibles are all on the offensive line. Uh, Liria Mertese, who started some games at guard, he's definitely – he's a long shot. So is Daryl Massani, who was the starting center for a while. So it looks like Pierce Bamberry will be playing center. The one offensive lineman who is a possible is Josh Pena, who was the starting left guard for most of the season – So you may see Josh back, but uh, I mean he may not start because he's missed so much time, so many reps, that uh, I would imagine he wouldn't start. So you're probably going to see the same offensive line that you saw against East Carolina and Temple, which actually wasn't the same offensive line. There was one slight change. As we've noted before, Navy has rolled out nine different offensive line combinations in 11 games. But I believe you may see the same offensive line as you saw against Temple. Um, but I, I just, a lot of talk pregame is centered around Ty tie I mean, he your quarterback's always the big deal. This is his first Army-Navy game. As everyone remembers, Xavier Arline started the Army-Navy game last season, which, you know, he was a plebe starting at Mikey Stadium in West Point. So I don't think this is anywhere near as severe. Ty's had an entire season to get himself... Prepared. I do believe Ty is playing better and has a better grasp. I'm hearing players talk about Ty doing a better job of making checks at the line of scrimmage and getting Navy into the right play. That's always key with the option, but it's going to be tough. I mean, one of the things that uh, Coach Niamatololo has said is that he sees seniors get really, really nervous and worked up um, prior to an Army Navy game. And he specifically mentioned. My Believe in Navy Football podcast co host Keenan Reynolds. Nobody had played or started more games at quarterback than Keenan Reynolds. And he said prior to the Army Navy game his senior year, Keenan was a mess. And I think maybe it was the pressure of he's had so much success. And the last thing that Keenan could have on his resume was a loss to Army his senior year. And if you remember that game, it It came down. It was was a close game. So, you know, Ty has been a big topic of conversation. How will he acquit himself? Will he be nervous? Um, I think Ty will be fine.
1: Well, we will see as the week progresses, but I agree with you. I think Ty is ready for this challenge. And what better way to put your stamp on this than to, you know, come out your sophomore year and tell Army that they've got a whole lot more pain and suffering waiting for them uh, in the two years to follow. So, um excellent analysis as usual um we will get to break here when we come back we're going to bring you the audio from nia and coach newberry's press conferences this week and then we've got a great conversation with mike hekamović and bill mckinney stick with us this is sing second sports we'll be back after the break
0: this week's episode of sing second sports is brought to you by our sponsors at red red wine bar and dry 85 in downtown annapolis Coming to town for a football game? Is it your class reunion? Or just looking for a place to chill on a Friday or Saturday night? Red Red Wine Bar and Dry 85 are staples in the Annapolis Main Street scene. Whether you're in the mood for a good Cabernet at the Wine Bar or an old-fashioned and a Dry 85 burger, both locations will take care of you. Special thank you to Brian and Lisa Bolter, the owners of both establishments, for being fantastic supporters of the Sing Second Sports podcast. Now back to the pod. All right, we are back. As John mentioned in the open, uh, this next segment will uh, be a roll up of some of the audio from yesterday's press conference with head coach Ken Niamantololo and the press conference from earlier today with defensive coordinator Brian Newberry. We're going to pull some clips from the QA that WAGS had with both coaches as a way of providing some context in advance of Saturday's game. Without further ado,
2: Coach, if you could talk a little bit about the Army defense, it's a pretty veteran unit and some guys that are relatively accomplished like Eric Smith and Markel Broughton, uh, Cedric Cunningham, they've got two good safeties. Um, can you just talk about a little bit about the army defense and the challenge of trying to move the ball and score some points on them?
3: Yeah, it's going to be difficult. You know what I mean? We, um, like you just mentioned all the guys in the defensive veteran group, um, you know, a couple of them been stretched, you know what I mean? So they're even more veteran, you know what I mean? And so, um, Good football team, good defense, well coached, you know, the um, guys that played um, under Bateman were, you know, were well-schooled. Obviously Woody's a really good coach too. Uh, coach Luce, you know, he's coaches or linebackers been there a while they got veteran staff too. guys have been together, but really good, really good team. Wags, really, really good defense, athletic, physical, well-coached.
2: Well, I was going to ask you about Woody. Obviously, uh, Jay Bateman left and and he took over as D coordinator last year. was your first year playing against his defense. Um, a, is he a Bateman guy? Is he a kind of a Bateman disciple doing similar type stuff? Um, and did he defend you differently than Bateman did?
3: No, I mean, Bateman's a great defense coordinator. So is Woody. I mean, yeah, Woody's got his own reputation. You know what I mean? Got his own deal. I mean, he was well-established before he came to Army. You know what I mean? This guy's a... Really good football coach. Uh, Ryan's a lot of Buddy. You know what I mean? Buddy Green, just um, hard-nosed, well-coached, well-disciplined, fundamentally sound. Uh, when I look at their defenses, I think of Buddy Green. Defense. I mean, there's um, – I would say Bateman and, and New are very similar in some of their stuff they do. Um, and I, I would say, you know, Woody's probably – more along the lines of kind of how Buddy was. Coach, um,
2: we're going to be talking to Jaden Umbarger here next. Um, it's kind of been remarkable to me how productive he's been on the reverses. I'm, you know, I'm sure opponents see him on the field and have scouted you enough to know that, hey, watch that guy, 87. He could be running a reverse. Yet he's averaging 12.2 yards per carry. Nine Nine times he's taken the reverse – and he's getting a double-digit yards. He had a 32-yarder and a couple other real long ones. Can you talk about him being so effective? And he, sometimes he's had to make guys miss in order to get past the initial, you know,
3: line of attack. That's a great question, Wes. You're exactly right. He it had the it hasn't had to be perfect. Like we haven't had to had the perfect defense. There's times where there's a guy back there waiting on him, and he makes him miss. So it's almost become like a regular play for us. But we also recognize if you got a player back there that's worried about the reverse or your fold player, your cutback player sitting back there waiting on that, then it's harder for those guys to fall in on the fullback. You know what I mean? So you can't play. You can kind of try to chase the quarterback down and come. You come off the edge, um, you know, then it allows us to run reverse. But then guys like, you know, what? we'll sit a guy back or we'll or have a guy, you know, climb high. You know what I mean? So hopefully that you can have some stuff when you get some, backside cutback plays that, you know, that pay can uh, break hard farther because they're worried about the reverse. But you're exactly right, Waxy. Several times, there's a guy waiting back on there, and he makes a miss. So it's it gives you more confidence as a play caller to call it because if it's not the right defense, he's pretty much made the first guy miss every time.
2: And last for me, any update on the offensive line? Um, Pena, Masani, I, um Mertese, I mean, and do you think any of those guys are going to be back for this one?
3: Uh, probably Mertezzi is, is probably doubtful. Um, Masani, I doubtful to questionable. And uh, Pena, probably questionable to probable. I mean, he did, you know, the three are, they're improved. So we got one more week and Mertese is probably the furthest away. Probably, you know, very, very unlikely that he'll play.
0: And now some Q&A with defensive coordinator Brian Newberry,
2: hey coach, I wanted to talk to you a little bit about Army's offense and specific players. I guess uh, the two quarterbacks. I uh, talked to Munkin at the Army Navy press conference, and he's used um, both of them pretty much in every game. Anderson and uh, Tahir. Um, how are they different? And you know, do you, does it matter which one's in the game?
4: Uh, it does. Um, <clears throat> they're both really good players. Uh, both have the ability to run. Uh, I think when Anderson's in there, uh, he gives them a little bit more uh, in, the, in the passing game, um, but they're both plenty capable of throwing the football, that's for sure. Uh, both tough, gritty players. Um, both make good decisions. Um, so it, it will affect us a little bit, um, but we've got to be ready for for both. It's not like you know, when they put uh, one of them in, they're, they're only running the football, and then they put the other one in, they're only throwing it, I and mean, they're still doing both. Uh, and they both got their strengths, um, um, but yeah, we, I mean, we've got to be ready for both of them. And, and it doesn't change our game plan a ton. Uh, it may change my thought process slightly uh, when one guy's in there.
2: And they've got two fullbacks that have total close to 800 yards. Jacoby Buchanan's 260 pounds, real load. You've seen him before. Anthony Atkins, <laughs> um, he goes about 246, 250. Um, they're kind of from like the Navy old school. This is how the Navy. Fullbacks used to look always in the 240 range. Navy hadn't kind of been that way lately. What uh, what do you see out of those two fullbacks?
4: Big tough football players, man. They, you know, that's one thing we've done a pretty good job of against them in the last two years is, is kind of controlling those those b backs, not letting them get going. And so that's going to be a big challenge for us. And um, and I, in order for us to win the game, we got we got to stop those guys. Um, it, it all starts in their offense with the b back. And uh, so we got to do a great job of stopping the run. I want to hand it off to those guys.
2: And then what about the – I don't know. They don't call them slots, but they're slots. But Terrell Robinson's our leading rusher, 582 yards. He's averaging 10 yards a carry. I imagine he's a breakaway threat, Robinson, 21.
4: He is. I think he's a really, really good player. Um, Not only is he a breakaway threat to get on the perimeter when they're pitching the ball – um, but they get him out of the backfield a lot, on play action passes, things like that. They, they do a good job of getting him um, the right amount of touches during the game. And so we're always going to have to be aware of where he's at uh, and be cognizant of that, but he's uh, I think he's an outstanding uh, A-back for them.
2: You mentioned Robinson. He's their second-leading receiver and averages almost 30 yards a catch, mm-hmm. but right. their their main guy is a wideout, 86. Alston, is that another guy you got to make sure you're aware of where he is on the field because yeah. they may go to him downfield? <laughs>
4: Yeah, absolutely. I think he's uh, he, he probably counts for half of their targets when they throw the football. So we've always have to know where where he's at, and uh, you know he's a guy that they want to get one on ones with, and, and I feel like he can go up and win a lot of those matchups. And he certainly has the ability to do that. He's a taller, longer receiver, has good hands, runs good routes. Uh, he's another really good one that we got to be aware of.
2: So did you do a lot of good on good full speed so that guys like Colin Ramos and. Tyler, Fletcher, and I mean, we go Rayon right on lane to get used to option football at, you know, full speed?
4: Well, yeah. yeah. Uh, that's just something that we've done every day. Got a little bit of that in. And, and uh, you know, our, our look teams do a great job. It's not quite the same uh, when, when you go good on good. And so just get used to that speed of things. And um, so, yeah, that's been really good for us. We've done that every year.
2: And I'm thinking about a guy like Diego, you know, <clears throat> woman at the mouth, last time to get after Army, he's going to want to make every play. I mean, I know you don't tell Diego too much, but at the same time, I mean, he's, you don't want him to overdo it and try to make every tackle and play his position and the will position and the yeah. Raider position too.
4: Yeah, well, he, he's, he knows in a game like this, you, you can't make every play. And, and he knows that when he's playing his best, he's doing his job. Uh, and doing that as well as he can. And and that's going to be the best thing for for a football team. And uh, he's smart enough, certainly, to understand that, uh, especially in a game like this against the option. Um, He's going to be dialed in, and uh, he'll be flying around uh, for sure.
2: All right. Thanks,
5: Coach.
4: Yes, sir.
2: All right. Thanks, Coach. We'll be back with uh,
5: Mikey McMorris at 240.
2: Yeah. Thank you. I'm writing about Jaden Umbarger and what a threat he's been on the reverse for Navy. And – it occurs to me that in this game, each team will attempt some sort of trick play and try to catch the other. It's so hard to move the ball that if you can get an explosive <laughs> play off of a gadget play, you do it. But how do you handle that? As a key, like you said, chasing ghosts, you don't want to be, have your guys now watch out for the roof. We well, don't gotta Stay back, watch for the reverse. And then they're not, you know, being aggressive and pursuing, but at the same time you don't want to right. get caught.
4: Right. Yeah. It's tough. Cause you're, you know, our kids are going to play so, so hard. Uh, and sometimes, uh, you know, a trick play like that, a reverse, can kind of use your pursuit and your effort against you a little bit if your eyes aren't in the right place and the guys aren't doing their job. But it, it just goes – it's the same thing to defend the option. and you know, Everybody's got a job to do. You have to have your eyes in the right place. Uh, you have to be assignment sound. And, and you've always got somebody to account for a reverse um, and, and a boot and those kind of things. Those guys just got to make sure they're doing their job
0: great questions and uh, even better answers from both head coaches. Uh, We're going to go to break. When we come back, Navy greats Mike Hekimovich and Bill Kinney in our alumni segment. You're listening to Sing Second Sports. For the last several podcasts, you've heard our guests talk about the great new Army-Navy uniforms that just came out. Well, all the latest Navy Under Armour sideline gear is available by clicking on the shop tab at navysports.com. All of your favorite jerseys, polos, and t-shirts, and the new Army Navy merchandise is just a click away at navysports.com. And if you're like the Sing Second team, there's always Navy gear and Navy tickets under the tree this time of year. Visit navysports.com backslash tickets to purchase your Navy basketball tickets today. They make the perfect Christmas, Hanukkah, kwanzaa festivus you name it they make the perfect gift for any navy fan now back to the pod
1: all right ladies and gentlemen we are back so happy to be joined in this our alumni segment by two great members of the class of 1971 bill mckinney and mike hekimovich heko is a return visitor to the pod bill mckinney this is his first time for the old a uh, tough linebacker from the class of 71 who willed his, uh, willed his team to an 11-7 victory. And in case you, you're wondering whether that victory meant a lot to him, I can tell you that Bill McKinney's uh, Gmail address is navy117 at gmail.com, which is a, uh, the, the right amount of, um, of remembrance for such a good event. Number one, Bill, I'll tell you, I had the, I had the uh, distinct pleasure of serving with your son, Dave. Dave replaced me as the PAO at the Naval Academy. But Dave's not the only one who followed in your footsteps to the Naval Academy. You had twin boys also uh, come in. So what's it been like for you to, to see it from your side as a graduate and now having had sons go through and experience their own Army-Navy games?
5: Well, it's, a, gosh, the uh, Army-Navy game has always been a special thing to our family, um, you know, with David and then Bub and Scott, uh, you know, class of 2000. We went to every Army-Navy game that while they were midshipmen, but I, I should tell you, I don't think I've missed an Army-Navy game uh, since we moved back east from California back in uh, 85, 86. We, we went every year. And, uh, so the only, the only game I missed was the one last year, which was, uh, you know, of course was the COVID year, but, uh, just a special time, you know, for, for our family, uh, you know, we always, you know, went crazy cheering for the good guys and, uh, you know, really enjoyed, you know, the victories together and commiserated over the defeats, but, they're, uh. There, uh There were just, you know, it's just it's a great time as a dad of midshipmen to be there, you know, with my my three sons and couldn't be more proud of them.
1: It was a nice moment for me before we started recording, just hearing you guys kind of reminisce. What can you tell me? And I'll and I'll ask you to comment on it, Heco, You know, what can you tell me about the bonds that are formed, you know, on, on athletic teams, particularly at the Naval Academy? We started this podcast to talk about what is so special about the physical mission? You know, we're developing young men and women morally, mentally, and physically to be, you know, leaders of character and consequence, you know, going forward, not only in the Navy, but in the highest positions of government and citizenship. You know, but on the physical mission level, what, what what did the, you know, dynamic between not only you and Bill, but the rest of your classmates in 71, what
6: does that mean to you?
1: Well, it means everything,
6: John. Um, if I could go back 50 <laughs> some years, uh, Bill and I played defense together as plebes. Uh, I was a defensive tackle and he was a linebacker. He and David Howard are linebackers and, and, uh, uh, they, uh, we tied up the line and they got all the glory. <laughs> right <in> the tackle. <laughs> but I, you know, so Bill and I started our friendship, uh, literally played summer, um, uh, out on the practice field, and it's like <clears throat> any experience in life when you when you go through a crucible uh, where things things are really heated and you're challenged and you're physically and mentally pushed to the limit. Uh, you develop a special relationship, and if you'd have seen the, the the facilities and the stuff that we had back in those days. Getting soccer and to play football, a big deal, and there only about two hundred of us trying to get a shower at the same time. So uh, bonded, <laughs> we bonded early and often, and um, and that relationship is is just special. Um, it's hard it's hard to describe to people who don't don't experience it. But from a from a physical mission standpoint, and from the development of leaders uh, to serve the nation, um, you can't you you cannot put a price tag on this, and that's why I personally and and Bill are so involved in. In um, the physical mission of the Naval Academy, uh, because we believe, I think <laughs> that uh, there's nothing more important than you know the the moral, mental, and physical mission. That they're all they're all a, a important thing. But but I think the thing that really defines you uh, eventually is is what you learn on, in a physical mission. There, it, it builds character and all the qualities that that we uh, we know uh, grads have. When- yeah, the academy—not necessarily just in Division One, but you know, being on the field every afternoon in an intramural sport uh, and doing your thing—they get after it, and uh, I think it's it's extremely important. But but uh, the relationships are pretty special. Uh, we've got a unique group of guys that uh, uh, get together. We we started in 2003 going on golfing trips, and Bill's been in on a couple of them, uh, and uh, we, we now play a, six, a 67-71 challenge with football players. Of uh, the class of '67, um, and when we stand to say Navy Blue and Gold, it's really emotional. Oh, I'm sure, and and I'll tell you,
1: you know, the uh, a boss that both uh, uh, Bill McKinney's son Dave and I shared, uh, Admiral Carter, you know, used to talk about the physical mission, particularly about plead boxing, and and there was a period of time there, you know, when when the boxing was sort of getting some bad press, and and people wondering if it was all that necessary. And, you know, the prevalence of head injuries that were starting to take place and Admiral Carter, you know, said it very, very distinctly said, Hey, when, when you're in that cockpit or you're standing in front of that platoon of Marines and, and, and the shit hits the fan, you're going to remember getting punched in the face, you know, back when you were a plebe at the U S Naval Academy. And you're going to remember how you reacted when you got punched in the face you know, for, for you guys, and I'll go back to you, Bill, you know, what, what was that season like? Um, because the, the, the victory over army was, was the, the end of a, of a pretty tough year of you guys getting punched a lot. Um, but overcoming walk me through that game and, and what, what led to that eventual 11, seven scoreline for the good
5: guys. Well, I think I think one thing I would say about all of our guys that uh, throughout, you know, we we won our opening game against Colgate and then we experienced, uh, you know, nine losses in a row. You know, some were close games. And uh, I think the one thing that never waned was our, our thirst uh, for victory. You know, we wanted to win. And uh, I think uh, we 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 worked hard and. Uh, so there was never any, uh, you know, never any slack, never any give up. Hey, this season's over. You know, let's just tank it. You know, I think every day we went out there to prepare to win, and I think that uh, was the attitude that we took into Army, and I think we believed we could win, and uh, certainly, um, you know, we did, and uh, it was, a, you know, it was a great, it was a great ball game a lot of back and forth and, uh, uh, you know, guys that, uh, you know, I love that are my brothers now, just like Hecco, uh, McNallan and O'Brien. And, you know, you just go down the list of frets and, you know, all, all the guys, Nelly, you know, you, you just, you know, fight because you want to win with those guys. You want to win for those guys. And I think, uh, you know, that was, uh, that came through at the, at the very end for us. And when that final gun went off, I was telling Echo probably, I don't know, one of the top euphoric moments in my life was seeing 11-7 on that scoreboard with no time left. And uh, so, yeah, it, it, uh, I just, I just think that the, the character that you learn it. you know, you talk John about the physical mission and I think the Academy puts Uh, young people in difficult situations uh, and football kind of uniquely has an it's a war (laughs) and you're 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 battling and so I think there's uh, so many opportunities to learn Uh, probably the number one character quality you know I, I think David probably told you I've been doing a bible study with the football team for the last 20 years and the number one character quality I believe God wants to teach all of us is humility, that, you know, we, we've been given things, you know, we can't make it without each other. And, uh, you know, we, we certainly learned a lot of humility my senior year before we beat Army. But, but that is certainly a, a character quality as, you know, as I have opportunity to speak to our young guys every week that is kind of at the forefront of what we want to communicate. Uh, There's a, there's a Bible verse that says, humble yourself under the mighty hand of God and he will exalt you at the proper time. And of course, I've been telling our guys that, you know, we've had some humility this season. I'm ready for a little exaltation on Saturday. (laughs)
1: <laughs> well, I think I think we're all uh, cheering for that. And and you you know, you took one of my questions away from me. I was going to ask you about, you know, what you continue to do to give back to the football team and I, and I had known that even when I was the PAO there, Dave was letting me know, you know, how how involved you were and what it meant to the team that you continue to be a part of their lives. Hecko, you know, for you you've been a huge part uh, of the Brotherhood and making sure that you know that that we remember you know all of the great athletes that came before us and you know not only did they excel on the fields of friendly strife but they went out uh, into the fleet and into the business world like you and became very successful. For you personally, how much of you relied on the lessons that you learned in the physical mission? You didn't get that last Army Navy game because you had played at Colorado beforehand and extended your uh eligibility but you know fr- from your experience the army navy games that you did get um you know how have they informed you going forward as an extremely successful person in the community
5: before he answers that john let me just say we probably would have won about three more if we had had heck of it.
6: <laughs> oh, bless <laughs> your heart bill oh well,
1: we know it's we know fact. that's true
6: well i got before i, I go on there's a, a couple shout outs i gotta give uh, uh, you know, uh, last time I was on the podcast, I mentioned everybody except uh, uh, I think three guys. Bob Walter was a linebacker, yeah. and then then the two two of the best defensive backs to play in the history of the United States Naval Academy, Osmondo Fritz oh, and Stevie Dematrix. So you get your you get your shout out, guys. Guys, I would have said it. Thank you, Hecko. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think everybody else has, has been mentioned. You know, I think it just gets put in your DNA. You know, it's, it's part of the development process at the Academy and the physical mission that it just puts stuff in your DNA that makes you resilient. It makes you humble as Bill said, it makes you resilient. Uh, the humble part keeps you from getting too far out over your skis. And I spent most of my life in a startup environment, which really challenges you emotionally and mentally in a lot of different ways. And, um, and I can honestly say I wouldn't be the person I am today if I hadn't been challenged to do the things I had to do at the Naval Academy. So when I, I listen to some of these young people talking about being challenged, it's too tough, it's this, that, and the other thing. Uh, I wish they could sit in our seat and, and look back over our lives and understand how extremely important the qualities that, that, that come out in you, the development that takes place at the Naval Academy through the physical mission, and the other things that you do there, really make you a really good person inside and abuse you with the qualities that you need to be successful in anything you do in life. And I guess that's the the way that that I would say. But I want to say one more thing about the guy here, Bill McKinney. This guy was one of the toughest guys to ever strap on a Helmet at the Naval Academy. Uh, he looked like uh, he looked like he was he was going to the <laughs> to the surgery ward when he walked out on a football field. He was bandaged from his toe to his head, uh, and he just fought tirelessly uh, to win. A really tough guy and a beautiful man.
1: We were talking beforehand about uh, um, there was a great article back in 1997 when Bill's twins uh, were showing up for their plebe year. Uh, Written by um, you know a great man who lost his life in the Capitol Gazette shooting, Rob Hyacin. Yeah, it's just it's a great thing uh, that that you were able to get you know that very special part of your son's lives documented by a very special man. Um, And yeah, just the the fact that we shared a great experience with him, Bill, is is something that I'll always look back upon fondly. Um, and I thought that he did a great job uh, documenting the journey that your, uh, that your twins were about to embark on when they showed up for Plebe Summer. So before I let you gentlemen go, I, I have to ask you, we're asking everyone this week during our Army-Navy Special Daily podcasts, what's your prediction? How are we going to win? And um, yeah, let's, let's start with you, Bill. What do you, you think is going to happen on Saturday and who's going to be the MVP who makes a victory happen?
5: We're going to win. Uh, that's my prediction. And uh, Ivan Jasper, who is our uh, offensive coordinator, goes to our church. And uh, I, I looked at Ivan, gosh, yesterday morning, and I said, Ivan, uh, how's it look? And I just saw a look of confidence in his eyes. So I think, you know, our defense, as you know, is uh, has been excellent all year. Uh, I think the offense is really going to show up on uh, Saturday. So I'm predicting a win because of a great off- offensive day and, and a, another good day on defense, shutting down the army.
1: I like the sound of that. Hecko. go ahead. What's your prediction?
5: Well, I, I couldn't pick anybody, but Navy could I,
6: <laughs> and it, but uh, it's going to be,
1: we, it's we edited it out if you did.
6: So, yeah. yeah. It's, well, <laughs> It's going to be a slugfest as it is. It always is. Uh, and I think it's going to be very close. I think, you know, the, the difference in the game is going to be uh, in the line. And uh, especially that offensive line of ours. If, our, if they play up to their capability and the rest of the offense does, um, to support believable effort by our defense, de- you know, game in and game out, uh, I, I think we win. And uh, But it will be close and none of us will be be, uh, <laughs> be, be heading for the exit. Uh, let's put it that way.
1: As we go out, you know, you you you're very involved in the Fiesta Bowl out there. You're about to welcome two amazing teams out there in, in Notre Dame and Oklahoma State to play in a great game at the Fiesta Bowl. A lot of people argue back and forth about the veracity of the of the uh, rivalry that exists between Army and Navy. Is Auburn, Alabama bigger? Is Ohio State, Michigan bigger? For for you, Hecko, what is special about the Army Navy
6: game? Well, it's to come together the two, two finest leadership institutions in the country. Uh, and the tradition, the, the long gray line and the many midshipmen that went along to serve their country and give the ultimate sacrifice. How many people are prepared to do that, John? I mean, uh, that's what's special about this game. And uh, you can't replicate it. As you said, I played at University of Colorado and, and, and there's just no comparison in terms of intensity uh, to what this game represents. But I mean, I, you know, I was, I was fortunate. I, I, I didn't get, to, I was unfortunate, I didn't get to play my, my first class year, but because of that, I got an opportunity to lead the brigade. And Bill was leading the football team at that time. And it was, it was tough going through the fall. And our plebe year, we'd had a pretty good year and we beat Army, and our plebe year was a lot better because of that. And I think we all saw in our, in our plebe year how important that game was to the meter of the brigade as it went forward to complete the year. And I can tell you from being in, the, in leading the brigade that um, it made a huge difference to the experience that the classes 71 had, 72, 73, and 74 for that entire year. As a matter of fact, 74 really ought to thank, thank the football team <laughs> for a lot. Because uh, you 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 just have a different experience there. That's that that's how important it is. I mean, it goes to the 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 fiber of everybody that is in, in both institutions, but it affects you on a day to day basis for the rest of the year, and uh, so it's extremely important. I don't think I don't think there's any other rivalry, and there's some great ones, and you you can list them. We all know who they are. Can compare city of the student bodies. And the players on the field. I just don't think there's anything that comes close to it. It just means that much. Bill can could add to
5: that. I'm sure, and very quickly. with way. one word on that one, uh, and that is amen. <laughs> so true. So true. yeah, it
1: means a lot to me. And and my you know my experience with this game is very decorated. I was originally a member of the class of '95 at West Point. Unfortunately, I, I was removed from West Point. Uh, before we got to the Army Navy game, but I still know the the words to the Army uh, alma mater by heart. I was born there. My dad was stationed there, and and was the uh, one of the assistant lacrosse coaches uh, when I was born there. So he imbued in me a love for the for the service academies, and I'm so happy that I got to to build upon that on the staff at the Naval Academy as well. Hecko, you're exactly right. You know when when the two alma maters are sung. I feel so very good about this country and the young men and women who are part of the Corps of Cadets and the Brigade of Midshipmen. It's just, it's the finest assemblage of people that I think you're going to get in one football stadium at any one time. And, uh, and that is just one of the small things that's so special about this rivalry. So Mike Hekimovich, former uh, Brigade Commander, Class of 71, Bill McKinney, Tough as nails linebacker on that winning 11-7 team as first a year. Thank you so much for at least giving me a window into into your reminiscing together. And thank you for what you do for the brotherhood. Go Navy, beat Army, right? Amen. Thank you, John.
3: Thank you,
6: John. We really appreciate all you do for the Academy.
1: No, thank you. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, that was Mike Hekumovic and Bill McKinney. We are going to go to break. When we come back, we will have our next guest. This is Sing Second Sports.
0: Thanks again for listening to Sing Second Sports. A special thank you to our sponsors, Academy Consulting, Dry 85 and Red Red Wine Bar, The Graduate Hotel, and Sheehy Lexus of Annapolis. Now back to the pod.
1: All right. Hey, hey, ladies and gentlemen, we are back. Great conversations today with the brotherhood from 71, Hekimovich and McKinney. Also hearing from Nehemiah and Newberry as they prepare for Saturday as we go out, we have a very special guest from the class of 06, Justin Free. Um, Justin, we've talked about the Fallen Shipmate organization before. Um, we've talked to um, you know Mays and um, Ashley Pelzik at the 06 reunion uh, when we were trying to get the word out a little bit. But if you could, number one, welcome to the podcast. And number two, explain to everyone a little bit about your organization and what your mission is.
7: Thanks so much for the opportunity to say a few words about this. The mission of the Custodius Libertatis Memorial Foundation, which is actually the motto of the class of 2006, Custodius Libertatis, Guardians of Freedom. Uh, What we do is we provide educational scholarship tuition grants for post-secondary degrees uh, for children of fallen Naval Academy grads in the post 9-11 era. Uh, We encompass a bunch of different types of categories. We didn't want to limit this to combat deaths only uh, the Navy and, and service in the Navy and the Marine Corps, uh, there are hazards in those professions. So uh, individuals who have made the ultimate sacrifice either in combat, in training, uh, direct result of their service in the United States intelligence community, uh, law enforcement, emergency medical services after they separate from Navy and Marine Corps service, uh, or as a first responder, all the above categories are covered. Uh, so what we do is we go out and raise money for the children of our fallen shipmates uh, from the Naval Academy, and then we enable them to pursue their education. Uh, We've done a a great job over the past five years. We just celebrated our five-year anniversary. Um, Significant milestones. We've been able to raise a few hundred thousand dollars and support a number of scholarships each year. Um, 2018, we we supported four scholars. 2019, five scholars, uh, an additional four in 2020. Uh, We try to be very transparent about our actions. You can hit our website www.fallenshipmate.org and what we do there is we post our tax returns every year uh, to let people know where their dollars go and how they reach beneficiaries when we set this charter up and set this up from day one we made it a 100 percent volunteer organization so we don't take any salaries we don't take any compensation our biggest expenses is, is insurance and credit card processing fees we want to make sure all that money goes to the family so let me pause there for a second
0: how did this come about? I mean, you've done a great job of explaining what the organization has done, but j- just talk a little bit about the genesis and you know, maybe why uh, you guys wanted to, to do this and you know what, what got
7: you to, to this point. Two of my co-founders and I, um, we had the opportunity to serve in the Marine Corps and in the SEAL teams after graduation from the Naval Academy. Uh, several of us had gotten out and we're thinking about ways we can continue to serve and continue to help the families, the folks we had served alongside and gone to school with. Um, So on Memorial Day of 2016, we sat together and talked about how we could go about doing this. We we all are very passionate about education and the doors in life that education has been able to open for each of us respectively, starting with the Naval Academy. So we wanted to be able to go out and, and raise money to enable others to pursue education uh, particularly navigating hardships and burdens if, in fact, they had lost a parent. So that was the the catalyst, if you will, to go out and set an organization up like this, a nonprofit focused on the educational space uh, to benefit children of our fallen classmates.
0: John, I have to chuckle a little bit. This is a serious topic, but you and I had a similar conversation. Um, we did not start a scholarship fund. We started a podcast. So it kind of, you know, let's <laughs> Kind of lets you know where we fall in the in the pantheon of uh, of service members. I am always I am always struck by the guests that we have on this podcast, and, and Justin and his the effort that he and his uh, shipmates uh, are putting in to take care of um, you know the Navy family. It, it is it's eye watering, and, and I, I I say that because I I literally have have tears in my eyes thinking about um, the the great work that they've done.
7: We appreciate it. We've had a lot of help and a lot of good guidance from the great class of 63, class of 69. Uh, we've talked with the class of 85, obviously 2006, but just getting the word out, right, spreading the word to the Council of Class Presidents, which we've had the privilege of briefing, letting them know there is a fundraising apparatus out there and a bit of a war chest over the past five years of a couple hundred thousand dollars available for families impacted across those class years. right? We started this uh, to impact all of the fallen in the post 9-11 era, irrespective of class year. So we wanted to open it up USNA-wide. And the class of 06 has really had the privilege to be able to lead that effort and just letting people know that the resource is available and we're here to help.
1: So Justin, walk me through a little bit, you know, of your time at the Naval Academy. And, you know, what we talk about here is the physical mission and the impact it had on you, not only, you know, to to inform your time, you know, right there on the banks of the Severn for your four years, but beyond, what what were your athletic pursuits and what did the physical mission really teach you as you've gone forward out of the Marine Corps and now, you know, paying back in a very substantive and character-driven way?
7: So my my co-founder was the Marine Infantry Officer. I wasn't privileged enough to hold the title of United States Marine. I went to the SEAL teams instead, but the physical mission for me at the Naval Academy I always took very seriously. Um, I actually went up for brigade PMO when I was a firstie, but they gave me training instead. So I, I carried that out. But I I was uh, I was an intramural athlete actually at school. I participated in a couple intramurals, uh, was a big fan of speedball. I don't know if they even still play that there, but had a lot of fun yes, in my do. That was that was a great time. I had a lot of fun in my company in, in intramurals and, and really enjoyed that. Um so look, I was able to, to go to Uh, a physical part of the Naval service upon graduation. Um, I actually went straight out to BUDS after I I finished in May of 06, Uh, went through training, went through SQT, and and checked into my first SEAL team in the fall of 07, and proceeded to to start deploying. So uh, physical mission was always important for me at school and and important to me in my service uh, after I graduated the Naval Academy. And uh, I don't get to the gym as as much as I used to in my mid-20s, but I, I still try to stay in shape as best I can.
1: Well, Justin, we really appreciate, you know, I echo what Chris said, but really what you do and and what you're all doing in order to give back. And and that's what we're trying to do. Chris will say it tongue in cheek, but we're always seeking out opportunities to use this medium, to use this podcast as a way of further propagating the word about good um, efforts like these. So, you know, for someone out there listening who wants to get involved, who wants to help you out, who wants to learn more um, I know that they can go to Fallen Shipmate um, on the website, but w- what, what do they need to know? What do you want them to know about how they can help you give back?
7: If they can get the word out and they can spread the word about this resource, that's very helpful. Not everyone is always in a position to make a donation. I certainly understand that. So awareness in, in lieu of a donation is always appreciated. Uh, the other thing I would encourage people to do, um, there's another organization, uh, Run to Honor that has done a lot to be able to bring attention to and and just honor the memories of fallen Naval Academy graduates. Um, They have worked in in close coordination with another effort to set up the virtual Memorial Hall. And that's a great way to be able to just learn about the stories of of those grads from the Naval Academy that have made the ultimate sacrifice uh, and really puts faces and names with fundraising efforts and, and really lets you understand the stories of the service of people that have gone before us uh, after graduating from school. So I would really encourage for, for educational purposes, not just hitting our website, but also learning more about Run to Honor and learning more about the virtual Memorial Hall initiative for USNA.
1: So as we go out, Justin, I'm going to ask you two final things. Number one, what is your most memorable um, scene of the Army-Navy game? Uh, you know, what, what do you remember the most as you're going to be sitting back telling your grandkids about the Army-Navy game? Uh, way out in the future. What are you going to tell them about the most? And number two, what's your prediction as to what's going to happen on Saturday?
7: The best memory I have is actually spread over four years and that during my time at the Naval Academy, we beat Army every year in that game, which was very special. And as far as this weekend goes, both teams are coming out strong. Both teams are looking good. But my allegiance, despite coming from a family with Army service, is always going to be to my alma mater. So Go Navy, beat Army. Let's see what happens on Saturday. Well,
1: I'll tell you what, your classmate Ashley Pelzik seemed to intimate on the last podcast that it was you know, coincidental with her arrival as a plebe that the winning streak started a- against uh, Army. So I don't know, maybe some, uh, maybe some bragging rights in the class of 06 there for who's the most responsible for the success. But so glad you got to beat Army for four years. That had to be satisfying.
7: It was outstanding. They're going to do it on Saturday. I have faith in them.
1: All right. Will you be there? That's the question.
7: I will be there. I will be at the game.
1: All right. Well, hopefully Chris and I will see you. Ladies and gentlemen, Justin Free of the Costatus Libertatus Memorial Foundation. Please go to www.fallenshipmate.org to learn more. Please help them um, help others uh, in such a great cause. This has been an unbelievable podcast from Hearing Mike Hekimovich and Bill McKinney talk about and reminisce about the great days in the class of 71. To hear from the coaches as they're getting ready for Saturday. And to hear from Justin and what they're doing to give back to families in need. Just such a great time this week. It's Army week. Let's go ahead and beat Army. Let's just go ahead and beat the hell out of Army while we're talking about it. For Justin Free, Chris Cervello. Ward and WAGs, I am John Schofield. This has been another great pod during our daily pod series of Army-Navy Week. We're going to beat Army, and we're out.
0: The thoughts and opinions expressed on this pod are our own and don't represent the views of the Naval Academy Athletic Association, the United States Naval Academy, or any organization for that matter. Play by play calls from the Navy Radio Network are used in the opening of the show, and from time to time will be part of podcast segments.